Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And today, I have on the show with me Dana Garnett, mediator, conflict strategist, and CPA. And we're going to talk about how that kind of evolved here in a minute, because that's a little bit of a mix. Um, Dana is also the founder of her private practice, Mindful Strategy, LLC, which merges her big eight accounting and international Fortune 100 experience with, with vastly acquired global life lessons. That was a lot to say in one breath. <laughs> Today, she joins us to discuss a simple yet powerful tool that can boost your company's social dynamics, take cre- creativity, productivity, and profitability to new heights. And I will tell you, I have seen this in action. I had Dana in our office for a lunch and learn to do this. And when she, and I'm going to let her tell you about what that technique is, but it works. I will tell you that. So Dana, welcome to the show. Thank you, Casey. It is really great to see you again. I know. It's been, <laughs> I don't even know the last time that we saw each other. Oh my God. Maybe a year or so? I think yeah, it was longer Maybe longer than that. Than that. Yeah, it could yeah. be. It could be. So, anyway, either way, it's great. I know. And I love to tell people how we got connected. And I think this is kind of so appropriate that we're recording here today because it was because of Real News PR that we got connected originally. That's right. Absolutely. And so uh, Suzanne McCafferty, she called me and she says, hey, I have this really neat lady that would be great for your team because she knew I was always looking for, you know, out of the box lunch and learn material for my team and she told me about you and I'm like sign me up (laughs) it's it's pretty out of the box box stuff yeah (laughs) certainly is so okay I would love if you would just kind of walk people through your career from big eight accounting to mediator and then I know you've added some new tools lately so just very quickly tell us how did that happen got it okay so in a nutshell went from what was the big eight, right? Coopers and Librand uh, into internal auditing with the Coca-Cola company. Did that domestically for about uh, two and a half years, went internationally with that. Um, ended up, uh, my first assignment uh, after I rolled off the audit staff was Nigeria and I effectively became an expatriate. And um, around the time uh, we got from, went from there to Brussels, Belgium. And uh, had married at that point, had started a family, and when our twin daughters were about three, I decided, um, well, I partly decided to early retire myself. It was also just after 9-11, mm. and um, all the downturn of 2001 and all that, and so I was able to basically follow my spouse around the world, and we call that being an expat trailing spouse. Um, so um, that went really well, devoting my time to family. And uh, we were just celebrating 20 years of marriage. And uh, I guess out of the blue then, but not so much looking back now, um, I got a call from him. And uh, let's just suffice it to say, a horrible divorce in, in, was embroiling. Uh, 18 months after that, I found myself back in Dallas and um, going through hell. Uh, and coming out of mediation, met someone who asked me about the experience. 
And I just, I remember myself saying, there's no playbook for marriage, there's no playbook for divorce, mm -hmm. and no one should suffer like this. And I wish I could help people from suffering like this. And um, they basically said, well, just become a mediator and do it better yourself. And I said, well, I can't, I'm not a lawyer. And that's when I learned, you don't have to be one. And that's when I learned SMU has a fantastic graduate program, one of the top in the country. And two and a half years after that, I've got my degree and I'm rolling off of my new practice. But it only took within 18 months of my divorce decree to be fully recovered, not just recovered, but really I experienced what's called post-traumatic growth. And I could look back at all the ways I contributed to that life that I thought I was a victim of, mm -hmm. you know, and it took the cathartic experience of becoming a mediator and training up for that, as well as discovering the neuroscience of conflict. And oh. that's what, I did this deep dive and like yeah. never looked back. Wow, <laughs> neuroscience of conflict. And so I don't even know what that looks like. I mean, how do you even like map the mind to figure out what that looks like? Right, well actually it's, um, some people consider it the, uh, in the umbrella of social emotional intelligence skills. And uh, it's basically being aware that we have the ability, because we're not taught this in school, mm -hmm. but we have the ability to rewire our neural pathways in the moment such that if we've been plagued with some kind of dispute or conflict or something that's always you know been driving us nuts for our lifetime we can actually process that in a certain way to clear that up it doesn't get rid of the memory bank yeah. but it doesn't trigger you anymore and yeah exactly mm -hmm. and you don't you know going forward you don't find yourself tripping up and you know creating unnecessary conflict for yourself and others because you now have you've now learned what i call the language of connection mm. and it's all real time Real-time resolution. And, and, and I, as a mediator, when I walk into a room and I'm dealing with people's stuff, um, another big thing I had to learn for myself in life that I apply to mediation is, you know, we really shouldn't and can't get attached emotionally to what's going on with somebody else because that drags us in and now we make it about how we feel. And as a yeah. mediator, you're no longer objective and that's, that's not good. <laughs> um, but in life, uh, we often you know, put our assumptions in there, our judgments, our opinions, and that takes us down the slippery slope to unnecessary conflicts. Conflicts are gonna happen, but just trying to avoid the unnecessary part of it. You know, that is so interesting that you say that, because I don't know if I told you this or not, but I just started a coaching school in March. Right. And one of the things that they teach us is that you do have to not, they call it getting in the box, with your client and mm -hmm. because you don't need to be emotionally attached to what they're going through. It has nothing to do with you. Their experience is their own. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. you don't want to get in the box and go, yeah, I get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Cause you don't, you don't know their histories. You don't yeah. know, you know, what they're like or what, what, and you don't want to give them advice that they go off and do. And then if it doesn't work, you really haven't served them. Yeah. They're mad at you. Yes. You want, they need, right. they know the answer. You want to guide them to right. the answer. So Absolutely. exactly. Yeah. So boy, we just jumped way ahead. And Sorry about that. No, you're fine. <laughs> I love this. Um, but I do want to give an opportunity to kind of talk about mindful strategy because it is such a unique business because it combines the work you do as a mediator and your experience that you gain from being a CPA. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about, and I know I know how you got to where you are today, mm -hmm. but tell me about mindful strategy. What's the purpose of it yeah. and what got you to create it? Absolutely. Uh, it's a great question. Um, and it took me about a year to conceive mindful strategy, and it came out of, um, well, the mindful part is 
on the expatriate track, when I became that trailing spouse, one of the places we moved to and lived for seven years was Thailand in, in Bangkok. And um, I had uh, recently left my, my career. And so I tapped into my first love in life, which is the performing arts. And so I established a performing arts studio. I was teaching kids ballet and jazz and- I did not and, know that. And voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my daughters were showing prowess in the arts and, and all that. So anyway, um, I was also looking for other things to do. And so I took this wonderful course to become a volunteer tour guide at the National Museum in Bangkok. And you have to learn a lot about art history to do these tours. And when you learn about art history, you learn a lot about religion. And so, you know, I never knew the naivete of it all that, you know, Buddhism predated Christianity and Hinduism predated Buddhism and, and how that all ties together. And it was fascinating to me. And, and through all that experience, I learned about mindfulness, you know, being in the present moment. And so when I went through my divorce and I was, and I was regrouping myself and, and, and decided to be a mediator, I was like, how do I help people? with this skill. I mean, mediation I can do, but I want to, I want to go broader and mm -hmm. help people not uh, get them out of conflict fast, but avoid the unnecessary uh, challenges in life. And that's when I thought, you know, I spent a lot of time in Big Eight with family businesses and small businesses. Back in the day, moved out of downtown Dallas to this new emerging business office in the Galleria here in Dallas. And I loved these audits I went on because you were dealing with retail um, shops, right? Mom and pop shops, a communications company, um, a small tech company, you know, small community banks. Everybody would, <laughs> you're trying to do the audit and they're all saying, you know, can you help me with my daughter? You know, they're, you know, she doesn't want to take over the business and I've set it up for her to do it, you know, or, you know, or my son just, you know, oh my God, they're fighting. The sibling rivalry is killing us. Can oh, you wow. get, and you're, you're the auditor trying to do the job, right? right. And, and, and so, and of course I didn't, I didn't get involved in all that, but I looked back and that coupled with my corporate experience with Coca-Cola, because I went from corporate to regional division audits and then, you know, mom and, mom and pop shops across the world. And I just, I thought, you know, I have, I have that strategy experience from the business world. The mindfulness from Thailand is like, it just kind of clicked. Like that's, that's what I want to call what I do, the mindful strategy, you know, and, and I just kind of call it mindful strategy casually, but, but yeah, it's that, it's that mindset. But again, because of the training I had later with HeartMath, it's, it's getting to the mind and strategizing has to do with the heart. Yes. Completely. And that is something that evolved. Um, so it all just, it's all just kind of falling neatly together. But does that help answer the question? Absolutely. Okay. That answers right. it very well. And I just, you know, want to kind of stop down here on the heart math for a second, because this is what was so fascinating to me. I mean, everything you do is fascinating, but the heart math, I'm just like, wow, when you were talking about, and I'll let you share this, but how the heart has its own brain, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So tell yeah. us a little bit yeah. about that. Um, with MRI technology um, coming out, you know, several years ago, they were able to debunk a lot of myths mm -hmm. and validate a lot of research from the past. And um, the heart, in fact, has its own brain. Um, I'm not a physician, I'm not a scientist, but from, from what I've been trained in, uh, it's referred to as the, as the little brain and it has neurons firing off in it, just like our brain and our head does. And it's the largest operating organ of our body. And when we are uh, focusing on our heart, 
and really in tune with that, we optimize all the, the, the connections, not just between our heart and our brain, but all of our systems, whether it's digestive or limbic, mm. immune system, which is incredibly important right now during this whole COVID crisis. Right. When we get stressed, for whatever reason, we're stressing our immune system. When we practice something called coherence, which can be, it's like an eyes wide open, take it with you throughout the day. You can also do it reflectively, mm -hmm. but it is, you know, it, you can de-stress in a heartbeat. And if you understand how that works, you can actually help boost your immune system. And I've had clients who have had a drop in blood pressure. Wow. Mm -hmm, and been able to get off medication, you know, some by half, some completely. Um, in less than, you know, three, six months because they've just they've shifted to a whole new way of operating, not thinking, but feeling and operating. Well, and you teach this to first responders too, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's the purpose yeah. of teaching yeah. it to first responders? When a paramedic shows up uh, at the scene of a crisis, um, they're, you know, they have to respond and be in you know on in the moment and their heart rate may be racing which is fine because it has nothing to do with heart rate but they have to you know it it's not like a meditative state you know you don't want your the paramedic showing up or a police officer showing up at a scene chill right and just and like, oh, yeah, it's like oh I, i'm so relaxed i can't you know i just can't do anything right now no it's like being in a zone like no other and it gives you such clarity on how to react and how to respond in, 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 like in short instances. And it helps keep their stress level mm -hmm. at bay so that when they're done with that particular uh, call, let's say, or that, that, that crisis, that scene, um, they haven't just been so racked with stress that they can't, you know, they can't regroup to, for the next right. call out, you know. Right. And um, it's sad that, uh, Police officers, particularly, and firefighters, have a very high rate of suicide. And mm -hmm. I was—I I spoke last October at the Texas Association of Hostage Negotiators. Uh, was, I think it was their 26th annual training conference. And um, I had been doing a lot of reading about that. You know, I've, I've been preparing for that. And there were speakers there confirming what I was reading that an officer, within about five years of retirement, is likely to die sooner if they haven't been able to find purpose in life and be able to handle, you know, all that time being jacked up yeah. in the job. And if you can't process that effectively, you know, it just, it suddenly you're retired. And I mean, I can't say this from experience, but mm -hmm. I, I spoke to a lot of police officers, particularly and negotiators, that it's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. Uh, and um, just, I mean, more officers and firefighters die from suicide than in the line of duty. And so the HeartMath Institute has a huge program internationally to reach out to first responders and teach them these tools to de-stress in the moment to help them on. That is fascinating and I love the work that you do with that. And the so very quickly, would you mind sharing your technique for sure. de-stressing? Because it doesn't take yeah, long. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Um, it's two steps. Uh, the first is simply to focus, it's called heart-focused breathing. You focus your attention on your heart and where it's located, you know, in your body. And you're breathing in slower and deeper than you normally would through that heart space, okay? Well, I'll actually officially do this in a moment, but just give you the two steps. The second step, which takes you into a deeper place of coherence, is regenerating 
or re-experiencing a feeling of appreciation for something in your life, whatever's easy for you. Mm -hmm. For some people, it's a beautiful sunset. It's a painting. It's curling up with their dog. You know, it, it's um, music that they love to hear, whatever. And it's, it's advised when you first do this to do something, reflect on something that's important for, or special to you and you alone, not involving someone else. Because sometimes we reflect on when things were wonderful, but now they're not. Mm. And it gets us back in our head. Yep. And it defeats the purpose of trying to do this. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, ready? And try it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. And you can do this eyes wide open or closed as you wish. You okay. Um, so, uh, simply focus your attention on the area of your heart and breathe in and out of your heart or chest area, slower and deeper than usual. And as you do this, regenerate a feeling of appreciation or joy or gratitude or something in your life. And if you start thinking a thought, just circle back to refocusing your attention on your heart and heart-focused breathing and regenerating a feeling of joy or appreciation. And that's pretty much it. Whenever you feel comfortable, you can open your I'm, eyes. I'm kind of in the moment. <laughs> Go for it. Just hang there. That's good. You can hang there as long as you want. I'm a huge fan of meditation <laughs> and mindfulness. Ah. So I love this. And I I think because I've practiced it for a little bit longer, yeah. I can kind of right. go deep pretty quick. Yes, right. And so, yes. But yeah, yeah, that was great. And I yeah. think that for anybody listening or even watching the show today, please take a moment and do that exercise. I promise you, when Dana was in our office, she actually had one of our employees um, hooked up to a machine that was monitoring their heart rate, even though that's not an indication, you said right. it doesn't matter if it goes fast, but he was hooked up to this and she deliberately stressed him out first, which I thought was hilarious. Gently. <laughs> Gently stressed him out. And then that's all it takes. <laughs> took him through this process and you could just see the spike and then it just went drastically down very quickly using yeah. this process. Yeah. And I promise you, if you try this, it will work for you. And instead of producing the cortisol, you're going to produce the... Dehydroepiandrosterone. That. DHEA, yeah. <laughs> the good stuff. The good, you want to reduce. The, this, the vitality hormone, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what's happening on that M-Wave Pro software with HeartMath, it's measuring the increase and the decrease of your heartbeat and, and the distance between the heartbeat. It's measuring heart rate variability. And when we're stressed, you get a jagged line. Mm -hmm. But when we are de-stressing, uh, that line smooths out. And so that's what you were seeing on the screen. And if I may add just a quick comment about how it relates to meditation, because it's not, it's itself is not a meditative practice. It's not a breathing exercise or, or a type of meditation. It's a technique all to itself because you're specifically focusing on the mm -hmm. heart in meditation. Because And I learned Transcendental Meditation, or TM, when I was in Thailand, too, and I do that, too. And Reiki, energy healing. I want to talk to you about that afterwards. Okay, good. Let's do yeah. okay. <laughs> Oh, my God. I love Reiki. But basically, and I learned about TM and Reiki before I ever knew about heart math. Heart math can um, empower or, or enhance your meditative practice. Because meditation is about a conscious state of being, right? You've got the mantra yeah. going, okay? And with heart... With coherence, the quick coherence technique, when we focus our attention on the area of our heart, 
we, we get out of that headspace, right? It's not about thinking a positive thought. It's about feeling gotcha. a positive feeling. That's what connects us to the executive functioning portion of our frontal lobe, which affects problem solving, decision making, communication, right? Which is so critical in business. Absolutely. Right? So, so, so if you practice coherence and you already meditate, wow, that's just going to take you on the next level. You know what? I didn't even think about doing that at the same time. So I'm going to try that tomorrow in my meditation. Yeah. That's awesome. So I really want to get to this question. Yes. Tell me a little bit about emo storms mm. and the emo storm risk index and how does it help business assess their internal culture? Okay. Um, so I came up with emo storm from thinking of emotional storms. Okay. Okay. Businesses will, uh, insure themselves against theft and liability and, you know, storms of mother nature, right? Yeah, right. Um, but what about the storms of human nature, right? The things that you don't, they blindside you. Yes. You know, when I did an interview with Josh here not too long ago, um, he described his favorite restaurant went under because of a divorce. Ugh. You know, and those are emotional storms that happen, lawsuits, partnerships, disputes, right? Yes. And so the idea of emotional storms and, and, um, what I did was I created a very quick quiz that you take, and you get a score that, that places you on what I call the emo storm risk index. The lower the score, the higher you're more susceptible and maybe less aware of what could wipe you out or your business out from just drama trauma blowing up out of nowhere. Um, the higher your score, the less susceptible you are, but there may be still some gaps that you may want to fill. And when I have, uh, when I talk to people who have taken the, the quiz and have an idea of where they are, I can help guide them to see what do they need specifically and, and, and customize that, fine tune mm -hmm. that to their business needs. Whether it's much needed intervention to help, you know, stop something fast so that it doesn't take the business out or prevention right. through establishing what I call conflict management, a conflict management system. Just like you have payroll, AP, AR systems, you got to process transactions, right? And yep. process your finances. You got to process your emotional stuff. What if a company also had a, a conflict management system, a communication system where everything's being processed efficiently and doesn't, you know, reduce your productivity and hit your profit bottom line and all that because no one's getting along. You know, that is so perfect, and I think, and it's probably not original to my sister, but unfortunately, my sister was laid off oh. due to COVID. She was in the hospitality industry way up there. And Sorry. I mean, this was her second job since she graduated from college, oh. you know? Yeah. You know, it was it's like, a tough she's time. like, what do I do? But I love the fact that she was so careful with her questions when she was interviewing, mm. and she said, what does your employee happiness program look like? <laughs> yes. And so, and that's when they came back and started talking about their flex time and all that kind of stuff. So right. I, I love that question. Right. What is your employee happiness? And that kind of leads us to this next one. So let's talk about employee wellness. Okay. Mm -hmm. How can someone's personal conflicts in their own lives affect their performance in the workplace? Okay. So whatever's going with, on with someone personally, um, can easily bleed into the workplace and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, if, like I have a client, for example, who um, has hired me to teach his team how to manage conflict in the moment. And what he's done is kind of the flip side. He wants to help them be also personally aligned, right? Okay. Happy people 
make a happy business. Absolutely. And so that, like, like your sister was yep. talking about, right? So if someone has got something going on in their personal life, he's actually, you know, we have an arrangement where um, they can come get some help or, you know, and I'm not a therapist, by the way. I'm on purpose, not a therapist. It's right. not therapy. It's, it's real-time resolution. It's, it's rewriting neural pathways. Right. It's got neuroscience, you know, evidence research-based uh, data behind it. Um, but it's, it's basically helping people in their personal lives work through things so mm -hmm. that when they show up at work, you know, they're not just their heads clear, but their hearts clear. You know, like and that. they can, and they're more productive because mm -hmm. they're not distracted yeah. by what's going on. So you know, you're not bring. It doesn't. And, and and when people say don't bring your stuff to work, not possible. That's actually not a healthy thing to ask them to do because now you're asking them to suppress something yep. that's just going to blow up at some point. You know, it's going to get triggered by something. So does that help answer the question? Absolutely. How those two relate? Absolutely. Okay. And this one's kind of a tricky one. So. <laughs> Conflict resolution in the workplace can be tricky as it is difficult to get involved without taking sides. So right. what's the number one piece of advice you can share with employers to help them approach a conflict resolution situation? Um, first and foremost, resist the temptation to judge mm -hmm. what's going on. Your opinions, your assumptions, um, your presumptions are going to get in the way. Yes. Again, you've made it about what you think is the issue. So that's number one. Number two is putting yourself in the other person's shoes. What are you, uh, what have you um, considered or guessed might be going on with them? And turn over every stone, you mm -hmm. know. Don't, don't just presume that person is a problem person, right? Um, and thirdly, you want to be able to, um, well, having stepped back without judgment and putting yourself in their shoes, you want to make sure that if it's a serious altercation, to get some professional help, seriously. Yes. You know, conflict resolution help. Because just like doctors do not tend to treat their own family members, mm -hmm. mediators are trained not to mediate their family. If you're the business owner, if you're the employer, or you're the manager, the supervisor, it doesn't really help for you to be the one to mediate or to try to fix the problem or to help them fix their problem because everyone's too close to it. Right. Even if you are a fantastic negotiator, the challenge is the other people can't see you as objective. Even if you feel you're really, really objective, you know, they can't see you as objective, especially when their bandwidth is just completely overloaded with whatever the conflict or the crisis is. You know, that makes so much sense now that you say that, that like seriously, your supervisor, if you've got a conflict, you should not, and it's a serious con. I'm not talking about, you know, like you're five minutes late, but I mean, a serious conflict, you need to get some outside perspective on that because yeah. you're right. There, somebody's going to think they lost. Yeah. Yes. Right. And right. Yeah. that's just not yeah. the way yeah. that you're going to create mm -hmm. a happy mm -hmm. culture. Right. Or it's going to be back to suppressing whatever's going on and they're not going to want to, you know, they're not going to want to talk about it because they, they didn't feel heard to start. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't feel heard. They didn't feel appreciated. So it's like, you know, why do I even bother? And they just go about their business at work. But the, the grumblings, you know, the, the under the surface stuff just kind of stays there until the next time, bam, 
yep. you know, it all blows up again. Absolutely. So. Such incredible information. <laughs> I, you know, remembered this from our training that you did for us on the Lunch and Learn, and this is just it's just such good information for people. You know, I'm all about the mindset. I'm all about the mindfulness. And this is such a great technique to kind of in the moment, just calm it down. And I think that if we would all practice this, there would be less fighting in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And one other thing to add, and it's a whole other discussion in itself, but it's understanding to, to have that communication, be able to articulate what I call the language of connection have a vocabulary accessible to you that that just that comes to you second nature mm-hmm. to be able to communicate in a way that doesn't throw fuel on the fire you know or doesn't put somebody off you know um, that you know and I, I sit on the board of directors for an organization called the connection practice <clears throat> excuse me and is that new? It's, <laughs> it's actually, it may be, we haven't talked about it much, but um, it, it's been around for 15 or more years, maybe 20 years now. But it's basically um, the, the concept started out of education. The founder mm-hmm. wanted to help eradicate or at least address bullying in schools because the children who are often the bully are often a victim themselves. And so she went about this 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 concept this this process and it it has now it's it's organically grown mm-hmm. and so um, uh, with her permission I've I've been uh, doing some piloting work with it in the business field okay. and because a lot of it in the education world is a bit more flowery because you're dealing with kids right but in the business it's like we got a business to run I you know so the cool thing about the connection practice is that's how I learned about heart math oh, okay. the coherence technique is actually used in this process. Okay. But when I found out about heart math, I had to do a deeper dive. I was like amazed. I understood like, oh, now I understand why we had the what conversations the way we do. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to lower everybody's stress. That's what we need. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just real quick, I mean, how does stress affect a workplace and oh. how can you identify stress in order to address it? Okay. Um, how does it affect the workplace? We all walk around with this magnetic field. Mm-hmm. Ever, anybody ever gotten too close to you? Especially now when we're distancing, right? Right. Okay, it's like, well, they're, you're, your fields are bumping up against each other, right? So, what are, you know, the, the question is, what are we feeding the field? If we show up stressed every day, we are feeding that environment stress. Yeah. And you hear of toxic work environments. Yes. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> Same thing happens. You know, if somebody is, is feeding you stress, the beautiful thing is you don't have to absorb it. By understanding how to process or use coherence, and, and regulate your, your heart and brain, you can actually, you know, you can deflect other people's stress and not just deflect it, but you actually have a knock-on effect to help them start to de-stress. And there are studies around that, like groups yes. of group studies, I could go into more, but, but that's one thing. And then um, the follow-up question you said oh, was? Oh, was um, how can you identify the stress in order to address it? Oh, right, okay, yeah, it's, and that's, yeah, identifying is just, well, the, the identifiers is when people are, um, well, there's that expression, you know, you, you can cut the tension with the knife, yes. right? You know, or someone, someone says, I'm so stressed, I can't think, you know, right? Um, people's behaviors, the worried brow, just the, the you know, disorientation, um, not able to focus in meetings. Um, people, just the slightest thing said, someone, you know, goes off at them or something. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, those are all signs of stress. But it's so easy to quickly dig down beneath the surface 
with through connecting with them in a way that is just it it has such a knock on benefit uh, because I, I'm all, my my tagline for mindful strategy is real time resolution for real, and that's how I was able to recover from my life crisis so quickly, and I, you know I I walk this stuff I, I I walk the walk and talk the talk constantly uh, because it was so easy for it to become second nature in my life and I just feel I want to tell as many people about it and help them because guess what if we can all yep. be just stress never stress free because never say never right but it's like be able to lower our stress our cortisol and build that DHEA level in our systems everyone's going to have the knock-on effect yeah you know it doesn't have to be like that we can actually have a much these, more peaceful environment and these fields have been measured this is not yes. like woo woo this is oh, like yeah, scientifically right. yeah. measurable our, our heart's field goes out measures out three feet we know it goes further out because people feel connected to people across the world at times you yes. know someone you've never heard haven't heard from somebody in two years and they phone you up suddenly because you've been thinking about them it's like the sudden you get a phone call from them it's like oh my god yeah. that's that's weird but the brain electro uh, the field uh, magnetic field from the brain only measures an inch so that's incredible yeah so the heart is really at the core of everything so how do people get in touch with you? Because we want to help spread your message. Certainly. Um, my website is mindfulstrategy.com. And if you want to jump right into my quiz, it's myemostormbizquiz.com. But you'll find the quiz on my website. Awesome. So there awesome. you go. Yeah. All right. Well, we are to our VIP questions. Okay. Everyone has to answer these. That's part of the price to play. I was prepared. <laughs> <laughs> or thank you for preparing me. There you go. So if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Okay, one. I have, I keep by my bedside, this little um, stress ball, okay? It's like a, um, it's hard, it has the little spikes on it, and you, and you can, well, I mean, you, you get these in yoga shops. Sorry, that sounds really weird. Let me go back. It's, it's like a, a massage, device. a massage, like a massage ball, okay? okay. It's, yeah, there's ones that you can squeeze. This one, it actually stimulates, like when you, when you, when you squeeze it, it can stimulate nerve endings. I use it actually for stimulating my, my, the nerve endings throughout my body, but like every morning before I get up, I drop that ball and step on it and massage my feet so that I, I don't know, I just, I feel like it gives me a boost. And if I had to go to Mars, you need a boost. I take that, I actually take that with me when I travel because I speak a lot. And right. Well, I did on the road and hopefully we'll get back to that, but I'm always on my feet. I'm always on the go. And that is like a physical way for me to quickly just get in touch with myself. And so I thought, what would I want to take? And I saw this, as weird as it sounds, it's a great, it's a great, you can get, you can find them at Lifetime Fitness or wherever you, you know, wherever you work out. But that's one thing too. Um, my father's iPod Nano. Okay. Um, Be like Guardians of the Galaxy style. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He died three years ago and I only discovered his iPod Nano after he died. And it has like eight days worth of music, of playlists nice. that he organized. And I would want to have all that music with me because music has been precious to our family forever. Lastly, I would want to take with me an anonymous young playwright. Because if we're going to colonize Mars, think of the stories to tell. And it's through theater and plays and and you know, theatrical productions that we learn about history and we capture these moments and get somebody who's, you know, young, you know, new generation 
and not known yet because they don't have any preconceived right. notions about the world or the universe and have them capture history through playwriting. That's I love what I'm doing. that. Yeah. I love that. Those are good choices. Yeah. Not that Thank there's you. any bad choices, but <laughs> you know, it is what it is, but you're, you're the one that's going to have to live up there. So <laughs> I know. And I really gave it some thought. It's like, that's what I do. Okay. So what is one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? Okay. Quick coherence. Yep. Upon, upon waking, quick coherence. And then I roll right into some TM, Transcendental Meditation, and uh, often bring into that some Reiki healing mm -hmm. for myself, you know. Um, and I spend more or less 20 minutes with that. And it just kind of puts me in that, in that, that mindset, right? But yep. I start, yep. I used to do TM on its own, which is fabulous. But through starting through my heart, Oh my God, the, the, the exponential uh, ideas that come, you know, the downloads that come and the creative thinking that I journal thereafter yep. is so helpful. So anyway, that's what I do. I love that. Yep. Um, if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, mm -hmm. what would the headline be? All right. Um, there are so many quotes that I love, and I was trying to think which one, maybe that could be it. And then it, it dawned on me. The article would say, my... Pen Rai. My Pen Rai is Thai for no worries. Oh. <laughs> and the philosophical background to this is you can't change the past. Yep. And you can't control the future. So what you're left with is to make the most out of the present moment. And so, you know, mediate, mediator lives my pen rye. That would be the title of the article. That is beautiful. That is so beautiful. Dana, this has been such a great conversation as I knew it would be. Um, thank you so much for braving to come into studio with us today. I really appreciate that. And I just have one more thing to say to you. Sure. You are a VIP. Oh. <laughs> thank you, as are you. And I want to thank you for the questions you've asked, and um, especially the, the, the those last three, they're so inspiring and thought-provoking that uh, I really appreciated that. So awesome. thank you for everything you do. You yeah. bet. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.